0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Joe Galina and joined by my buddy George Kurtz on this fine Sunday morning. How's it going, George? It's going, right? It's going. I'm here early. Mm -hmm. Woke up. Yeah. (laughs) Proud of myself. Hey, that's a that's a big accomplishment just to wake up if your eyes open, right?
2: Well it it was a bigger accomplishment because before I went to bed last night, Joe, you know, I checked my alarm
1: and it was a good thing because it was set for pm, not am. Oh boy, so I would have been here uh just talking to myself saying, "George, George, are you there? Are you there? Are you normally a a, a morning guy or like let's say if if you didn't have an alarm, you know, or didn't have to to get up or anything, are you a morning guy? You like to sleep in? Well, what's what's your story there, George?" Well, I mean, I woke up without the alarm anyway, and that generally Mm -hmm. happens to me.
2: I am not what you'd call—I prefer nights. I'm a night owl. I like to stay up late, like to watch all the games, uh uh— uh, you know, I generally I go to bed at the last game is over. It'd be hockey or uh, baseball. Uh, but mm-hmm. that being said, I am not someone who has a hard time getting up in the morning. I get up for you know, long goes off. I get up. Said I don't. Right. I don't hit snooze. I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I hit snooze. I just don't do. That. I think I, a snooze is a tease. Oh, you can get nine yeah. more minutes. Congratulations, there. You'll be fine now. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, uh, I always. No matter what, I should say that. No matter how much sleep I get, three hours, eight hours, twelve hours, five, or whatever. I always feel the same way when I get up, and that's crappy.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a little negative george come on you, you know a month ago i was impressed that you were you know a little bit more positive whatever but uh, you feel crappy when you get up but uh, hey i mean at least you look forward to speaking to all the good people uh, listening to the fantasy sports radio network and myself uh I I, I I like the mornings you know i you know as as time has gone on i yeah, i prefer to to be up, you know, my, my family, if they have no place to go, you know, if they're not working or whatnot, they'll sleep in till, you know, whatever, the mid morning. And I just love the the quietness of the house. Even, let's say, if I have to go to the, you know, local bagel store, where you pick up a little breakfast and stuff, there's nobody out. It's 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 awesome. And then, you know, a, a lot of what we do, George's uh, fantasy uh, sports analysts, involves, you know, research and stuff. So the, the quietness of the house and the ability to just concentrate on what we Want to do it? Just love it, Joe. The only good morning is a morning where I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, That's you're not sleeping now. Terms. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. But you're not sleeping now. Let's uh, let's get, you know tease what we're going to be doing. Obviously. Uh, the uh, uh, baseball season is uh, starting to get underway. We're going to get some uh, live uh, spring training games this week, right? We have pitchers and catchers reported this week, uh, so we'll be focusing on uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, get you caught up on uh, you know some of the headlines, and uh, we had a, a major, uh, the first major expert league draft this week, uh, George. The Labor Fantasy Baseball Draft. That's the League of Alternative Baseball Reality. Uh, that took place uh, this past Tuesday. So we'll be referencing that. We'll be uh, also referencing uh, the uh, NFBC. That's the National Fantasy Baseball Championship ADPs as we start breaking down uh, some of the players. And we'll t- take a look at some of the sh- uh, strategy that was used uh, this week. We'll talk, uh, obviously, uh, can't do a, a baseball show without talking about uh, free agency and Manny and, and Bryce and whatnot. Uh, but uh, also got a uh, special guest coming up in the third hour, Ryan Hallam from Fighting Chance. He's one of the 15 new industry experts who are going to take part in the next wave of uh, expert uh fantasy baseball leagues uh tout wars they they added a new league this uh this year george uh, it's a draft and hold best ball type league and it's going to be starting uh, drafting on monday and like i said he'll be uh talking to us in the third hour giving us a little strategy do you have a, a favorite uh, uh place to draft like a like either a espn or yahoo or yeah you play a lot of maybe nfbc leagues or do you have a favorite one
2: uh, not really. I mean, uh, I guess I do prefer some sites over others, but nothing immensely, uh, CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, they're, they're all fine for me. Yeah. know, um... I mean, I guess if I had my way, I'd you'd like to do a whole season just on one site, so you'd really get used to the site. You know, it always seems like mm-hmm. I'm bouncing from site to site to site. But uh, yeah. no, I wouldn't say I have a favorite uh, as far as a site to use. Just as long as uh, it's easy, where you can put the players in the queue, look at your players, see who's available. You know, some sites are a little make it a little easy to see who was taken, that who was not taken. I don't need these sites to tell me who's on my team. If I don't know who's on my team, I probably have an issue here. Most of us are writing mm-hmm. that on paper anyway. I, I need to know who uh, who took what. And be able to see that uh, quickly and easily so I can you know cross off the players and uh, do that thing because yeah. mm-hmm. most of these sites using their rankings is a little crazy you always see players in the thousands like what the hell this player's in the top 250 player but he's in the thousands because they they forgot there was a glitch there was somewhere that always screws <laughs> me up though. so uh, right. I don't like using their rankings
1: What about when they just keep players like, let's say, who retired, or uh, you know, or especially in football, let's say, yeah, uh, if they've, uh, You see that DFS all the time
2: too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, when we play DFS on these sites, if the guy's on IR, can you take him Mm -hmm. off the list? Exactly. I understand sometimes he's, uh you don't know he's going to get taken off. You know, the game starts at 7.05. He can be taken off IR at like 6. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get Maybe you don't have time to update, but that that is annoying when they keep these guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll put this guy in my lineup for 5000 Sure. Sure. Yeah, he's not playing mm. for
1: three more years. Good luck. Yeah. What about uh, the type of leagues? What, what, what do you like to play in? You like the auction? I mean, auction is a, a really good way of controlling. You know who you get, right? I mean, or you, you like uh, snake style, the the roto uh, leagues or uh, Points leagues. Wh- wh- what do you? What's your? What your take? What, what do you? What's your favorite?
2: Well, there is no doubt that auction is the fairest type of league. All right, mm-hmm. so nobody can bitch. Oh, I couldn't get Mike Trout. I couldn't get Mookie Betts because I didn't have the first or second pick. Blah blah blah. Uh, an auction, you you can't complain. You can get anybody you want as long as you want to spend the money. You know, you want mm-hmm. Trout and bets? Go ahead. Spend 140 of your 260 budget there, and you got them both. You know, you go you go, stars and scrubs. But yep. for me, and I will play at least one auction, but for what we do, you know, it's a busy time. And, you know, you and I are married kids. I can't spend six to eight hours at a computer doing an auction. Auctions are long. They're yes, just... They are. Yeah. Long, and I, I mm-hmm. can't give up a whole night doing that. So uh, I try to keep my oceans down to a uh, you know a minimum. An online drive, you do a snake drive. It's generally done two two and a half hours, and mm-hmm. sometimes I've, I've done you know if you with the right bunch of people, it'll be quicker than that. So yeah. I, I prefer uh, that for that reason because I need to be uh, I need to be off my computer can't be mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me I can't be at my desk living at my computer I just can't do that so I prefer uh, the snake I prefer some kind of keeper league if not a dynasty league uh, I think that's uh, a way to go It's an, another element of strategy my home league is a uh, you know it's only we're only keeping three players. But mm-hmm. it's, it still adds another layer of strategy as far as draft pick trading at the draft and that sort of thing. Uh, whether it's rotisserie or points, rotisserie is more, much more like the real game. You know, we have to draft an overall team have points are just drafting really the best players. So, uh I don't know. In some ways, I prefer one, some ways I prefer the other. I uh, I play it more rotisserie than I do points, but mm-hmm. I do understand the value of points where, uh, you know, it, it, generally maybe the best team is winning, not the best overall. It's a little different way of looking at it. Obviously, for a points league, you may not be drafting speed. You don't care. No one steals bases anymore. It's not as important. You know, you mm-hmm. want the power guys. Guys are driving in runs. Guys are hitting home runs. That's generally where your points are. Uh, so I can go either way on that. Generally, as long as the rules make sense, Joe, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy. As long as I know what the rules are, the league is cool. You're not gonna get some commissioner changing the rules in April, you know, changing the rules in May. You know, that I'm good with it. But uh, I, I've over the past probably five, six years, I'm trying to keep my leagues in control. Joe, I used to play in you know 12, 15, 18, 20 leagues, and uh, I wasn't. I didn't think I was anywhere near as good. As I could have been because you, you can't pay attention to them all. You don't know when right. fat runs face each it, every yes. damn league, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought I was slipping, so now I keep I'm trying to keep it down to about between five and eight leagues.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, just playing in a lot of leagues definitely uh, definitely. You know, if if you're a family guy, and has you're, you're working full time. It's tough to keep track. But uh, we'll be playing. In, uh, you're in the great uh, fantasy baseball invitational, right? Uh, the the Justin Mason expert lead that's going to start drafting uh, next week, and it's going to be. You know, I, I don't play uh, on uh, NFBC uh, too often, but uh, this is something that you have to really uh, pay attention to the individual uh, formats that are being used. Like, because uh, on Fridays, I believe you can adjust your lineup in the NFBC. Uh, if you you know if you want to uh, adjust your uh, your lineup, uh, if you think that maybe some players that are on your bench might uh, have favorable matchups over the weekend, so uh, there's a lot to pay attention to. You're right. I mean the the different times of fab and all that stuff. So uh, it gets involved, but uh, still it's a, it's a lot of fun. But uh, you know uh, why don't we get started, breaking down a little bit of uh, what has uh, transpired in terms of uh, you know the the actual uh, labor draft. Like I said, it's the league of alternative baseball reality. A bunch of uh, fans to see experts, some of the best in the country, uh, got started uh, this Tuesday, did a uh, mixed uh, league uh, draft. And one of the guys that uh, I was interested in and uh, may have to talk about this now and then continue on the other side is uh, Francisco Lindor. I wanted to see where he was going to be going. Uh, You know, he uh, went down uh, with a... uh, uh, calf strain and is expected to miss somewhere around seven to nine weeks so that puts him what I guess once he gets back into game shape George we might not see this guy till what maybe mid-April I mean at worst maybe uh the beginning of May what do you think
2: well you know it's funny we first heard about this injury calf strain out seven to nine weeks what that's not a strain that's a tear Okay. Right. Not strain this. He right. tore it. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Doctor uh, A.
1: Yeah, Doctor yeah. A was on BFFs, and uh, he said it was a grade three calf strain. So you're right. You know, he said that there's a tear there. I'm sorry for interrupting, but just wanted to reiterate that uh, what you said was correct.
2: All right. So that, that's a tear. All right. So uh, seven to nine weeks puts him out. Right. Somewhere around April. Uh, and I always wonder with these things uh, when they say this. Does that mean he can't? You do any baseball activities for seven to nine weeks, or is that when he's returning to the major league team in seven to nine weeks? Right. And he'll be ready then. I assume with the tear, that means that's about when he's going to start activities. So then he'll need another couple of weeks to get you know caught up. Now, not all of his value, but part of his value, a decent amount of his value, is in his stolen bases. hmm Calf tear. Indians go, you know what? You're not running this year. You know, you, you, you run when you really have to, not all the time here. So he's now, is our stolen bases, you know, chomped down? What he you, 25 last mm-hmm. year? Maybe he has 10 this year. You know, so mm-hmm. does that value go away a little bit? Bottom line for me is uh, he was a first-round pick before this. He's no longer a first-round pick for me. Now, I'm a very conservative drafter, Joe. You mm-hmm. know, my, my first-round yeah. pick is generally I know what that player is going to do. I don't take chances unless I feel I need to take chances. You know, if I'm in a league with a whole bunch of other experts, you know, guys who know what they're doing, and uh, I feel I need to separate myself, or take some, or you know, take some risks, then yeah, maybe I still go grab him because he's the value is there late in the first round. Maybe yeah, well, he was a top five pick, and I have the, you know, I'm on the bookends, and I have number twelve. Right. You know, and then maybe, maybe then I still take him. But he's for me overall in my rankings, he's fallen to the second round. You know, so it's not a major fall. It's not a major fall. It's not. But because I'm worried about the stolen bases not being there because of the calf, I love the player. But I can't trust that he's going to be the, the exact same. Plus, as you and I keep talking about, I don't know when he's going to return. Maybe it's May 1st before we see him. We've seen uh, right. setbacks before, and he missed a month of the season. That would actually move him down a couple of rounds. So uh, I moved I him out of, definitely out of my first round. And odds are, Joe, for me personally, unless the value is there, he's, he's just sitting for me at the bottom of the
1: second round, top of the third round. I don't think he'll be on any of my teams. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. He went uh, in the first round in labor, ninth pick overall. Uh, Rotoballer did an industry mock draft a few days after labor, and in their 12-team uh, league, he dropped to the second round, 19th overall, which is more in line with what you're talking about. But if if you heard Dr. Ray on uh, Fantasy BFFs, or if you didn't you know, listen to it on uh, on demand, he talked about the— uh, as a shortstop just the movement that he's going to make uh, he was worried about him possibly being more apt to re-injuring himself so and if he did he said it would uh, end up being maybe an 11 week recovery time from the time that he re-injures So I'm with you George on that uh, when we come back take a look at the uh, free agency picture some uh, players
0: actually got extensions but Stumps still don't have a home
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Joe Galina along with uh, George Kurtz. Sean angle producing our show this morning. Talk a little fantasy baseball. We'll be talking some uh, football later too. Steelers always uh, give us a little entertainment uh, in the offseason. Huh? Uh, Antonio Brown, a uh, little tweet fest. Maybe a little uh, Who knows? Maybe it was a little the drunk tweet, the way he was tweeting. But uh, it was interesting. Uh, He uh, uh, took some questions from the Twitterverse, George. We'll we'll talk about that a little later. But that was kind of fun to read. No?
2: I mean, it's a weird situation (laughs) in Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, they never used to. I mean, they used to be a very, uh, maybe the epitome of how NFL teams should act. Right, yeah, He's always under yeah. control. And now, uh, I mean, listen, what Brown mm-hmm. said is his one tweet, I think, does somewhat what a lot of people feel like. That Ben feels like he's the coach of the team. He can do whatever he wants. He can call people out, you know, say, you yep, suck. Yep. You made this mistake. And Ben never makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. I, I think that's the way he's, uh, Brown's feeling here. Not that what Brown's doing is right either. Don't get me wrong, it's not. They're both wrong. But I understand what he's saying about uh, Ben Uh I guess Ben is uh, not an egotistical nut. You know, this guy likes to hear his own voice. You know, I've said that many times. You can hear when he complains about uh, injuries. Oh, am uh, you know, my foot's hanging off by a, you know, it's hanging on by a thread. It's going to fall off. And the next day he's playing. He's fine. He's just, I'm going to retire one day. I'm playing the next day. I'm signing a contract extension. You know, this guy really, uh, I don't, believe, I don't believe anything coming out of his mouth. I think uh, in some way it's
1: weighing on his teammates. Well, they're, they're tired of the crap, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's going on here. Uh, Brown- uh, when, when you win, you could throw that on the side, right? But uh, you know, when you're not winning, then all of a sudden this all comes to the forefront as well, right? Funny how that works out, right? Yeah. Funny
2: how it's uh, you know winning you don't care you can say whatever you want. Mm. Losing changes things a lot. Uh, Brown first he wasn't going to meet with uh, with Rooney over the weekend. Then he was. Uh, no working you know, how that meeting went. I you know if you would have asked me a month ago I would have thought uh, yeah Brown's going to be traded. Really that no choice can't live with them. I still don't think they can live with them, but I don't, I think because Brown keeps mouthing off every time he talks. His trade value goes lower and lower yeah. and lower. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's face it, Joe. You're the uh, you know you're a GM or the owner of a team. Do you want this guy in your locker room? That's going to cause exactly. problems for you. You know mm-hmm. now you got to you got to take on a 20 million, $21 one million dollar cap, and plus now you uh, you got to take a chance he destroys your locker room too. and mm-hmm. uh, big. Good luck. I so I think the Steelers probably. Would trade him, but I don't think they're going to be able to get the value for him. They're not going to get a first-round right. pick. That would be a, that would be a shocker. So are they going to settle for a second-round pick just to get rid of the, another malcontent? Good luck. And now they're thinking about transitioning Bell? For yeah. the love of God, let the guy go. You don't like him. He doesn't like you. Let it go. Get your uh, your compensatory third-round pick, which is what you'll get. That's probably the best you're going to do. You're going to transition him and try and trade him? Do you think he's going to get more than that? It doesn't make any sense. You know, doesn't he have to God, sign that anyway? Go. Right? Good luck he yeah,
1: up to sign
2: that. It hasn't worked out. You know, and it, it, I think Bell was a fool. I don't think he'll ever make up the money he lost. But for the love of God, it's over. Let him go. Let him go to Indianapolis, the Jets, Oakland, wherever he's going to go. Just end the saga and move on.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there and also interesting to see what the Steelers do uh, in the draft uh, because, uh, they, look, I mean— they, they already had one season where they didn't have bell you know playing for them but now they're going to have uh, arguably one of the top you know three or four uh, best wide receivers in football uh, likely not on their, their roster so then this is a team in big time transition so uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later uh we'll talk a, a little bit more football uh, later in the show but uh, let's get back to some some baseball and uh Hey, look, you know, you can't uh, do a baseball show without talking about uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. We won't spend a long time on them, but I want to talk about some of the uh, uh, contract extensions that were given out uh, this week and also over the past couple of weeks. But uh, a little news, and, and this is kind of what I was thinking was going to happen, and, and, and who knows if it's real or not, but uh, – uh, yeah, Tweet came out saying that uh, it looked likely that uh, that Harper Bryce Harper uh, and the Phillies could work out a deal. So to me, that kind of makes sense. You know, I mean, if he wasn't going to go to the Phillies, I, I don't know if the uh, contract offer that the Nationals originally made, which was what a three hundred million dollar offer, still on the table. That, to my in my opinion, at this stage, that those are the two teams where. I see him likely going to. I know that the the San Francisco Giants were brought and uh, talked about as being a possible suitor, uh, but they were looking to sign him for a short-term deal. And then uh, Harper's agent, a couple of days later, without I, I don't think he specifically mentioned the Giants, but he said, "Hey, look, you know, we're not interested in a short-term deal." But uh, you know, and when you look at the the Phillies outfield, they could use help, uh, you know, with with a Harper. And uh, I, you know, their infield right now they got uh, Michael Franco and. Scott Kingery supposedly going to be uh, competing this uh, spring for uh, the uh, chance to be the starting third baseman I mean Michael Franco actually had a decent year last year so uh, and Kingery was looked upon as a a, you know almost like one of these can't miss prospects somebody that they expected would really make a big contribution last year did not Uh, but I I think that uh, that that Probably could get settled at third base. They uh, got Gene Segura at short. Uh, Caesar Hernandez is going to be their second baseman, and uh, Reese Hoskins moves over to to first base prob- probably. So I think they could really use uh, Bryce Harper uh, in the outfield. So, uh, do you? Where do you? Th- your gut feeling, George. Where do you think he ends up?
2: Well, there's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind, Joe, that one of these two is going to Philadelphia. One of these mm. two. Now, I agree yeah. with you. Harper makes more sense. Harper fits more. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're signing one. And I'll go a step further. I think mm-hmm. they're also signing, going to have to sign Kimbrel or Kimbrell or you know, uh, we're, still waiting for to, me. Stu- we're still waiting for them to spend stupid uh, money. We're still waiting for them to spend stupid money. Remember, that's what the owner said. He's going to spend stupid money this uh, <laughs> this offseason. Well, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even spent silly money yet, more than mm-hmm. stupid money. So we're, we're waiting for this. So I think they're going to sign two of these guys. That's what I expect here. Uh, and, and they could use them all. You know, they could truly use them all. You Kaiko know, would help that rotation, you know, spread it out. Although I think Kaiko's going to end up being overpaid. I think he's close to done as far as anywhere near good to elite. I think he's going to be average for a while. And in that ballpark with his off speed stuff, he could get hurt. So that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, Kimber would help the bullpen. They told Robertson when they signed him that you may not be the closer. This, mm-hmm. this will not be a shock. You know, Robertson won't be angry, pissed off that, hey, you know, you told me I was going to be the closer. And I was going to get the saves now. I'm not they they told him this this might not happen so that mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. bother me there so i think they're absolutely getting one harper certainly makes more sense for the reasons you mentioned
0: mm-hmm.
2: now i agree with you about san fran the the short term deal made no sense there anyway it made no sense for either team san fran's right. a couple of years away all right mm-hmm. why would harper want to go there even if it's, for, if it's for 3 years 30 million so he's getting 33.3 a year it's good you know mm-hmm. good money obviously great uh, aav but why would he want to go there and play for a loser you know, it doesn't make any sense there. You know, so I don't, I don't get that. I don't get, get why the Giants would want them, even though the Giants. I, I played this game here with the, uh, with everybody now. You know, name me a Giants outfielder. Come on, name right, one. Right, 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 right. Yeah. D- unless you know a Giant, unless you're a fan, you, you mm-hmm. can't name them. I, with, with average fans, if I told them a last name, they wouldn't be able to get the first name of a Giant outfielder. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how bad it is. I know Cameron Mabin looks like he signed there yesterday, but he's got a minor league contract. Their outfield is what Mac Williamson, Duger, and I, even I can't remember the third guy right now. Slater, Austin nobody's. Slater. Yeah, it might it might be Austin Slater. So it's just, it's mm-hmm. just bad. Yeah, there's a reason why we've heard every outfield available attra- attracted to them. <laughs> even you know, what Jacoby Ellsbury a couple of weeks ago was thought that he might be uh, there. So they, they mm-hmm. just don't have much there. I'm of the belief, though, that the Giants probably should have traded Bumgarner. You know, while well, his values may be at the highest high it's going to be, he's only getting older and he's, his stuff might diminish. Mm. You know, so I, if I were them, I would have uh, really thought about moving on from uh, Baumgart. Not that you want to, but when you're good again, you know, assuming things go right in the rebuild, Baumgart would be past his, way past his prime. So I, I would have thought about that. It would have helped your rebuild quicker. In my mind, that's what I would have done there. So uh, I think Harper ends up with Philadelphia. I'll go there. Machado's interesting. Yeah, I still think he's hoping the Yankees, you know, step up their offer. It, it certainly won't be the number one offer. It won't be, but I think he's he's hoping it's close enough where he can accept. Yes, I think his wife wants to go there. You know, we've heard San Diego, the White Sox, blah blah. I don't think, I, obviously, I don't think it'll be Philadelphia if I think they go going Harper. So uh, he's running out of, I guess, big time suitors here. He's not going to get what he wants here. So I want, I wonder if he's just waiting for the Yankees to step it up a little bit, little bit, and uh, he'll take that as uh, sort of a consolation Sweet in prize. The pot.
1: Sweet the pot. I didn't get the money I wanted, but I'm going where I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's an interesting take. And uh, look, the, the Yanks have kind of said, "Hey, you know, uh, we're not going to stop trying to improve our team until uh, opening day and even beyond." But uh, my opinion about uh, Machado, I, I think he signs a contract with the White Sox because that's going to end up being, you know, what's what's left for him. I think they're maybe. Uh, I mean, look, they they. they <laughs> <laughs> his, his brother-in-law uh, on the team, uh, Yonder Alonso, John Jay, his friend, uh, maybe he signs like a, a seven-year deal, but maybe with a three-year opt-out, you know, an opt-out after three years or something. Uh do I count the Yankees? You never count the Yankees out, right? But uh, I guess we'll have to see um, what, what happens there. And uh, Keiko, interesting take on your part. Do you think that um, you say he would get overpaid? Do you think he might get, not the years that Corbin got, but do you think that he could get close to the the average annual salary that uh, Corbin got, which was what, about a little over $23 million?
2: I don't think so. You know, I, mean, you I, know. I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think uh, teams realize that, his kind of pitcher, he needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Or else he's gonna get he's gonna get crushed. He doesn't throw the ball, you know, ninety miles an hour very often. He's a guy mm-hmm. needs to be uh, perfect. He needs command and control, and those are two different things for people who don't know. Uh, he needs both. If not, he's going to get wrecked. You know. So mm-hmm. I think the teams are very uh, very wary about Keuchel. Very 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 worried about him. And like I said, as much as I think Philadelphia could use the rotation depth. I think he would have some issues in that ballpark. And listen, most pitchers would. That ballpark is small. You know, the ball flies out of there. You know, there's a reason they want hard throwers there. And I get it because you want to strike people out. You're afraid any, any ball put in the air might leave the park. Uh, but I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to get 23 million. I, I would be I would be I mean I would be drop dead shocked if he got mm-hmm. 23 million there. I think he's going to have to settle for probably what he's 31 years old. All right, so. Uh, you know it's not terrible, but it's certainly not good. You know, actually, he's born on New Year's Day. Look at that. A uh, little, uh, little news <laughs> for you there. Uh, he's 31 year, years old. You know his ERA, 3.74. It's uh, a nice ERA. You would take that. It's, it's never going to approach the 2.9 or 2.48 he had uh, in the every other year. You mm-hmm. know, so actually, I think he could be a solid pitcher for you. But I'm not paying 23 million dollars a year. If he's waiting for that, he's waiting. Yeah, he's waiting forever. I won't sign him for that. I'd probably right. go. I think if I'm an organization, I'd start at 340, you know, and that's how that's how far down I'm coming. I want to see what he comes up with. He comes up with no, I want 620, Oh good luck, and you, we'll see. You, uh, we'll see you on the field sometime. I could be, I could be, be negotiated up to 348, maybe something like 462 if I really, really needed them. But even that seems too high for me.
1: Yeah, so three years, forty million. So you're talking with just maybe like around 11, 12 million a year, somewhere around there. Based on the the numbers you put out, which I, I think is possible, uh, you know, you usually when like a, a pitcher transitions from the AL to the NL, they get the, a little bit of a bump. But you're right, the pitching in that ballpark uh, might not get that much of a. Of a you know, uptick uh, or in an improvement in his ERA. So he's a guy just a few years ago uh, was the uh, Cy Young Award winner, right? And it's funny, like we, you talked about Madison Bumgarner, uh, who I believe is going to be 30 years old uh, uh, this season. And, uh, you know, there was Keiko is was 31. I mean, it's such a, a premium uh, put on on age these days too. And uh, so it'd be interesting to see where he lands. And I, also I liked what you said about uh, Kimbrel to the Phillies. And uh, Kappa was really... He really uh, the way he managed, and you know this because uh, you uh, all season long wrote the closer report for the Roto Experts uh, last year. Just the way that he uh, uh, used his bullpen was—he's one of these guys that's almost like a bullpen by committee, right? He was interesting. He—I mean, can you blame Campbell
2: though? Did he have a bullpen? I mean, that's one thing I'd go there. I mean, you know, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who was lights out, but he was somebody who looked like he had problems pitching on back-to-back days. His stuff noticeably deteriorated this, uh, the second half of those starts, you know, the, back to, uh, the second half of the back-to-back. Back. So that's tough when you can't have a closer who does that. You know, you sort mm-hmm. of need a closer to be able to go back-to-back. Back. Uh, right. Funny how that works out in today's game. Maybe not three, four days in a row, but, you know, two days in a row, you certainly need that. So I think there's a need there. You know, once again, they have Robertson. So the worst-case scenario for them, okay, Robertson takes over. That's fine. Robertson's going to be a, a fine closer. I don't, I don't think he's great. You know, he's still good, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's great now. But they, it, maybe it makes their bullpen a little bit deeper, right? Because now you got Dominguez pitching the eighth inning. Or maybe you use him like you use Dylan Patantis, where you get four or five outs out of him. If he needs to be rested the next day anyway, then he can pitch, you know, uh, one out into the seventh and get those two outs and get, then get the eighth uh, inning. You know, that would mm-hmm. help. Uh, Hector Nieris now who was the closer at the beginning of last year, is now more of a, uh, you know, set guy. Your seventh-inning mm-hmm. guy, or you know, the eighth-inning guy with Dominguez is out. Tommy Hunter, the shack, Juan Nicasio. The bullpen is not bad. It's not bad at all. But you put Kimbrel in there. I mean, wow. Now I think it's one of the best in the uh, National League. Kimbrel takes care of the ninth. You know, Robertson takes care of your eighth. Dominguez now, you can use him in the, in the fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, anyway, you want to use him. Nieris who maybe is a failed closer, but he's a solid reliever. So I would like this bullpen a whole lot, you know. And let's face it, this National League East, Joe. I mean, the Mets, Phillies, Braves, Nationals. It's gonna be a fun. It's maybe the hardest division in baseball, toughest division in mm-hmm. the game right now. They've all made improvements. The Nationals, well, you lose you lose Harper, but if Robles Robles plays, you added uh, Corbin. You you've improved overall. Uh, so I think this division, you know, when it comes to the Phillies. Cam Stewart and I were talking, it may have been last week or the week before, about over a team over-unders betting them, and uh, he found the Phillies 83.5. You know, as soon as he found that, I'm like, that's over. great, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm right, I'll <laughs> take the over. But one of the reasons why I'm taking it is I truly believe, as I keep saying, they sign Machado or Harper. Once they do, that that over goes up to now it's 85.5, 86.5. You know, I got it at 83.5. I think the Phillies are almost a lot to do that now with the team they have, if they mm-hmm. add Harper, if they had uh, you know, Kimbrel, if they had uh, Keiko, the team only gets like better. I may not like, love Keiko, but he would make the team better. Now, they're not going to add all three, but I think there's a good chance they add two.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, yeah, like you said, the Phillies owner said he was ready to spend some stup- stupid money. So any chance you think that Harper ends up back with the, with the Nationals? Well, you know, like uh, uh, you yeah, at Is there like a team That could just sneak in too Like uh, maybe Maybe the Cubs uh, Do you think the Cubs Have any money left To take uh, to, you know, just swoop in and, and sign a Harper? The Cubs can't <laughs> No, the Cubs can't I think, I, I think that's where He really wanted to go, Harper I think he mm-hmm. wanted to go to the had, Cubs He had a dog and, named Wrigley uh, Yeah
2: <laughs> right. And that, uh, th- the Jason Hayward contract just killed that. They they yeah. just can't do it there. The Nationals, uh, they made him the best offer and then he turned it down. That I think it's going to be a huge mistake cause I don't know if anyone's going to top that offer. You know, the, the old reports were the Nationals gave him what at least 300 million for 10 years. Right. Before right. the offseason started, you know, they, mm-hmm. they thought they were going to get a half a billion dollars. Didn't work out that way. Nationals have since turned, you know, taking that offer off the table because they know they don't have to now. So, uh, no, I don't think it's going back to the Nationals. Mainly because they'd be in salary cap hell also for the next couple of years, as far as the luxury tax is concerned. If they were to sign
1: yeah, I'm starting to get worried, George. Uh, that You know, you're Adam uh, Wainwright uh, tweeting out about the whole, you know, economics of baseball and whatnot, and uh, just worried that maybe, and that you've mentioned this, that we're heading towards a uh, work stoppage uh, down the road. So, but we'll see. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little Aaron Nola,
0: Luis Severino. Maybe a little wet in airfield too. So uh, stay tuned. Fantasy Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena along with George Kurtz. Follow George Kurtz at George Kurtz. How about that? Follow me at Joe Galena. Sean Angle producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And we were just talking a little uh, free agency, little Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Keichel, Kimbrell, yeah, but some some guys are actually getting a little bit of money there. George, uh, Aaron Nola, and Luis Severino signed uh, uh, contract extensions, uh, basically uh, taking them uh, out of their arbitration years. Right, they're uh, pretty. Uh, team-friendly deals that, that were signed here. you got Aaron Nola, uh, four years for $45 million. Um, So it covers his three arbitration years plus his uh, first free agent year. And then the club has an option which would cover his second free agent year. Uh, the way it works uh, for Nola, he gets a $2 million signing bonus. Uh, he'll be making $4 million this year, uh, $8 million in 2020, 11 dollars in 2021. Fifteen million in 22, and a sixteen million dollar club option in 2023, with a 4.25 million dollar uh, buyout. So here's a guy, uh, 17 and six last year, uh, and like you said, pitching in a, uh, a hitter's ballpark in Philadelphia, uh, 2.37 ERA, .997 WHIP. Uh, 224 strikeouts in 212 innings, uh, and then uh, Severino getting uh, four years, forty million dollars, and uh, the uh, Yankees yeah, get a fifteen million dollar club option for his first year of free agent eligibility. So he's going to be making four million this season, ten million next, ten. 25 and in 21 and $11 in 22. So uh, teams locking these guys up uh, in their uh, arbitration years uh, uh, with some, what I feel is some pretty owner friendly deals, no? Well,
2: they are, they, they are. Uh, and we, we've heard the players association come down. Oh, this is what happens when the free agency has been destroyed. And, you know, we have to worry about this and guys are taking less money now, blah, 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 which may be true. Maybe it's not true Because I gotta tell you Joe Let's say I'm the Luis Severino I'm signing a deal too It's only taking away One free agent year Okay mm-hmm. so yeah i lose some money there But you know My arm could fall off tomorrow <laughs> Yeah this is this is not I'm not Mike Trout here But yeah I'm gonna be mm-hmm. able To hit forever And there'll be no injury That really takes me out of this If I'm a hitter I probably don't sign the deals But a mm-hmm. pitcher I do you know he's guaranteed what, forty million, something like that. I forget exactly what it, the the guarantee is. So I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm set. You know I'm set for my life, no matter what happens. Like I said, my arm falls off tomorrow, I'm set. You know mm-hmm. I, I don't have to worry about it. If, if I'm a pitcher, there's little doubt in my mind that uh, as long as the deal is somewhat fair, close to fair, I'm good with it. Because like I said, I don't want to not sign these deals, Joe. I don't want to take a chance and all of a sudden, oh God. You know, uh, I, I you know I tore my shoulder up. My rotated cuff was right, gone. right. And, you know, Tommy John. They seem to be able to fix, but shoulders are still iffy. You know, shoulders are still very iffy. You know, I have a torn labrum in my shoulder. that I tore from pitching. Uh, now I never had surgery or anything, but you know, you just you're never the same anymore. You mm-hmm. know, you're just not the same. So uh, if I'm a pitcher, yeah, as long as I'm not getting ripped off. I understand it's still team friendly. Team got what they want, course control, and all that. And I probably did give up some money if I do stay healthy over the next four or five years. But still, I would sign a deal. I want to make sure my family's taken care of. That my uh, my financial
1: future is secure. Bottom line, yeah. Me. I'm worried about you, George. You told me you, you tore your ACL. Now I'm hearing about this uh, labrum issue. You're you're beaten up, huh? I played a, still lot <laughs> played a lot of ball.
2: Well, played a lot.
1: That's why I got into hockey after I tore a labrum. <laughs>
2: You know, mm-hmm. Labram only bothers you, rotate on pitching, you know, over the overhand motion. That's it. Right. I used right. to pitch in, uh, in high school. and I pitched everywhere. I actually tore in the United States Stick Bowl League. Got stupid. Ooh. You know, I, I think I pitched, uh, I pitched like 15 innings on a Sunday, pitched in a money game that wasn't part of the league on a, on a Wednesday someone asked me uh, to play in. So I did that, and I actually tore it, though. I went to, uh, there's an adventure land. We all have this, uh, a theme park park, amusement park in your, your area. Went there on a Friday mm-hmm. night with my buddies, and, you know, throw the ball as hard as you can and see how fast you're throwing. You know, they had a radar <laughs> gun there. Stupid. Didn't warm up, and as soon as I released it, I felt it. You know, I was like, oh, no. And that was the end of me. This was back in probably the early 90s, and uh, my mom was a uh, a nurse and she goes, oh yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to get it corrected, they got to put this needle. She wasn't kidding. They got to put this needle in you about, you know, ten inches long to shoot some dye. I'm like, get the hell out of here! I asked the doc, is Ooh. this going to affect my everyday life? He goes, no, it won't bother you at all as far as everyday life is concerned. Uh, he's for the most part, he was right. Uh, I did, uh, I have a million floating chips in there because of the the tear that went, that got caught once, so I couldn't move my arm, but uh, they they floated away again, so it's it's fine. But that's how I got into yeah. hockey. Because uh, the the motion used for hockey is like a golf motion. That does not bother my shoulder whatsoever.
1: Right, right. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Uh, glad that uh, you're with us uh, here. Be careful out there, right? <laughs>
2: hey, you know, I'm not exactly the biggest guy on the planet. Injuries are always going to be a part of it. I told my wife when we got married. You know, this, this is after before the ACL. I was still playing a lot of hockey. I'm like, sooner or later, I'm going to suffer something. Something's going to happen. I'm going to have mm. a major injury. And uh, boy, that, that came true less than two years later.
1: And you were smart. You married a, a beautiful woman, uh, and but also a nurse, too, to, to take care of you, right? Yeah, let me tell you works. about my wife, okay? You know what <laughs> she says when
2: she's, when she's home here and anybody gets sick? I'm off duty, and I want to hear it. It's, <laughs> this right here for my wife. Uh, go, you know? go to urgent care. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, I love urgent care, man. It's not I don't have to go to, the, uh, you know, go to my doctor, just is by the hospital, and wait forever. Uh, go to urgent care, uh, you're pretty much in and out. It's, the care is pretty good.
1: Oh, man. So let's uh, continue talking about uh, Nola and Severino. So uh, both these guys are – I guess they're on the cusp of – you you do tiering, right? They're probably on the cusp of of being part of uh, the uh, first tier, right? Nola went – Pick number 28 overall in labor, and Severino went pick number 30 overall. That's uh, the end of the second round. But when you look at what Nola did, I mean, uh, over the past two years, has added uh, a couple miles on his fastball. Uh, tops out just over 93, but it's got good movement to it, so that makes it even that more uh, effective uh, between uh He's got the, the good fastball, really good curve. Uh, batting average against us uh, was 156. Highest chase rate of his career, uh, just over 33%. So he's keeping uh, batters guessing, right? Good ground ball pitcher, which is important in that pitching park, right? 51% ground ball rate. Uh, then you look at Severino. Uh, Severino uh, finished 19-8, and 8, 3.39 ERA, 1.145 uh, whip. Uh, had some problems in the second half. Some people saying that you know his uh, he was tipping some of his uh, pitchers. Uh, July man, six point five eight ERA in the month of July, uh, and uh, if you look at his batters uh, were hitting three sixty eight against his fastball during that month. So you wonder, you know, maybe there was a uh, underlying injury he was dealing up, uh, dealing with, or, or whatnot. I mean, even his uh, his, uh, his change they were batting three oh eight against it. So uh, of these two guys. Um, are they? Are you, do you think that this season uh, they're ready to jump into that first tier? Like, uh, I mean, you, you talk about your, your, your tier, right? I mean, so who's in your tier? Obviously, you got your, your Scherzer, your Degrom, your Chris Sale, uh, Kluber, Verlander, maybe. I mean, uh, and then it gets a, you know, maybe maybe your second tier might be a, a, a Trevor Bauer, Jerry Cole, and then uh, Nola Severino. How, how do you see this uh, uh, ending up this season?
2: All right. Uh, yeah, I think when you look at the uh, I do tier, you have to tier. Uh, you really should. A tier's not that hard, folks. All you got to do is take a rankings list and just draw a line between uh, where you think uh, <laughs> the, uh, one tier ends and one tier begins. That's all you got to do. Right. All right? right? It's, it's not, not difficult at all. People oh, my God, I don't want to put the time in. Come on. It'll literally take you 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, and you should be tiering. It gives you an idea of when uh, certain players at a certain level are going away and that maybe you you better look at it. You know, if you're yeah, uh, you just
1: grouping you, pitchers that might have, like, similar types of outcomes, right, for the season, right? It
2: helps when you know, hey, I'm thinking about taking a second baseman here. But, you know, I got six second basemen left in this tier, but there's only two third basemen. You know, well, then you can probably wait till next round to grab one of your second basemen. Sure, you mm-hmm. could get unlucky and they all go again. But, you know, odds are one will be there for you with those two third basemen. Uh, probably not. Yeah, you know, probably not. So that, that's that's where it is for me here. Now, as far as what you're asking here, when it comes to the pitchers, I mean, uh, yeah, Scherzer's my number one. You know, I would love to get Scherzer in the in leagues. I don't know if I'm going to get lucky and get him because he's going to go in the first round of most leagues. Okay, so that's going. You're going to have to get him early. That's the bottom line there. If you want to go the, for top top five, type six uh, pick in some leagues too, right? I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I can take him there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I just don't know. But he could, yes. I think I'm more in the top ten range. Definitely first round, but a little further Mm -hmm. further down. Not not
1: not the top half. Just not the top half there. Chris Sale Gets hurt just a the uh, second just hand. an aside. I'm sorry. He went. I, I agree with you. You know it depends, right? But he went uh, number six overall in labor. That's a 15 teamer. So, I guess if you you know in a 15 teamer, maybe you might want to try to hit him because you know by the second round, then you're looking at that that second tier of maybe Cole, Nolan, Severino. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to let, let uh, listeners know where he went in labor.
2: Yeah, I would take Labor with a grain of salt. Once again, it's early. Freight is having mm-hmm. gone all signed yet, and it is a 15-team league. 15-team yeah. leagues do change things. So, like mm-hmm. I said, most of us are going to play in 10, 12-team leagues. Although, 15, 15 teams are getting more and more popular. I prefer mm-hmm. 12, but 15-team leagues are getting more and more popular. But I would take uh, some of these things we'll talk about in Labor. You probably do need to take with a grain of salt here. I realize they're not going to match up with your league all that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now, as for Chris Sale, I'm going to have a tough time taking Chris Sale. Now, he was hurt last year. I know he pitched through it, but he was hurt. He wears down the second half almost every season where you've got to worry about it. the Red Sox. Let's face it, the American League, you know the Red Sox, Yankees, probably Cleveland and Houston are all making the playoffs. So you can make an mm-hmm. argument that the 11 other teams are all battling for that last wild card spot. And really, it probably comes down to Tampa, Minnesota, and maybe the Angels for that last spot. You know, everyone else is tanking and, you know, playing with draft picks. So uh, what I mean by that is, well, the Red Sox can take it easy with Sale. They can they can DL him a couple of times again and not to worry. Give him that two weeks' rest. You know, and I think they'll do that again. I think they'll have to do that. So that's why sale taking him early scares the crap out of me. Because he's great in the first three, four months, but after that, you know, Now you gotta worry about him playing. Do they pitch him once every week? Is he on the DL? You know, is he just not pitching the same way? Is this the year he throws his shoulder out? That sort of thing. So I worry about that. Uh, I have shirts that want to him too. You know, I, I have no problems with Jacob Degrom, and uh, but sorry, Jacob, if I'm the Mets, I'm not paying you either. You're of that age. I'm certainly not paying you this year. I'll probably wait till after next year before I discuss it. See if you can do it again. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Uh, the Mets' the GM can lie all he wants, and so yeah, uh, he, he may even say it's funny how it works out with Degrom. Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, oh, yeah, you know, he deserves all this money. Hundred forty. All of a sudden, <laughs> you're GM, on the other oh, side. <laughs> man, uh, maybe he doesn't deserve this kind of money. It's just it's hilarious. Right. Oh, oh, a bunch of crap. Uh, uh, Verlaine, think about this. Sh- should
1: the Mets should the Mets give him uh, an extension based on the best season of his career? Like you said, let's see you do it again.
2: Yeah. Hey, you paid for what <laughs> that year. You know, mm-hmm. he paid for that. Yeah, he's making $18 million. I mean, listen, he, that man's not poor. He's making $18 million. They get seventeen point nine, no fan, this year, so right. he's fine. You know, but I, I, I get he deserves a longer-term contract. But if I'm the Mets, if I'm a GM, I'm doing the same damn thing. You know, right now I have the leverage. He's not afraid until after next year, and he'll be 32. 32! He's not mm-hmm. getting a five-, six-year deal. He's not. Assuming he pitches well this year and next—I mean, he'll get a three-, four-year deal making— Probably close to eighty, ninety million. I mean, he'll be, like I said, he'll be fine. But he's not going to get that big deal. He just matured too late, it's just the way, uh, way it is in the game. Anyway, mm-hmm. so but I have to go on it's number two behind Scherzer, uh, Verlander. I have no problems with him. You didn't mention Clayton Kershaw, which really he's, he's Chris Sale all over again. But he may be a deteriorating Chris Sale.
1: Yeah, uh, his stuff may not be the same as well. I intentionally didn't so. mention him in that tier to tell you the truth. For me, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, you know, he, when he pitches, he he could still pitch uh to the level that he used to, but I'm not taking that chance on him, man. Y- you just know that he's going to be on the disabled list at least once, maybe twice, uh, you know, with that back. I mean, you know, uh, you and I as old I Yankee fans, <laughs> we know what back uh, injuries could do to a career. I have no no problems with what you said there
2: about you not taking me because of that reason. I have no problem with that at all. Like I mm-hmm. said, I, I, I seem to be one of these teams that always gets screwed with injuries. And mm-hmm. uh, and I've, over the last few years, more than that, I try and purposely take players who don't get hurt. So, But if I draft Kersher, he gets hurt, well, that's my fault. I knew he that's was That's on hurt. you? Yep. right. It's on me. I can't blame mm-hmm. anybody. I can't say I got unlucky that the fantasy guards weren't nice to me and all this other mm-hmm. crap. No. Just like you guys who draft A.J.
1: Pollock, right? I mean, right. Pollock, you know, you know. I avoid him like the play, too. Then all of a sudden, a month and a half into the season, I'm like, wow, look at what this guy's doing. Maybe I shouldn't have. And then a week later, he's on the disabled list. So, I mean, look, <laughs> what you just said is 100% true. You, you draft these guys and they get hurt? It's on you, buddy.
2: Now You have no one to blame but yourself. I don't want to hear it. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear you. Yeah, you got unlucky, and the fantasy guards hated you. No, you drafted a player who always gets hurt. You got what you mm-hmm. deserved. Bottom line is there. So, uh, but at that Kluber, another guy who falters, and once again, it's more September than anything else. But he uh, slows down, and this is not shocking. It's a long season. They throw a lot of pitchers. They're going to have problems here. And then you get to the nose. You know Cole Severino. You want to throw Carl Carrasco in here? Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm looking at a list that has Shohei Otani on it. That's not a good list. He's not pitching this year, right? But no. uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm like, what the hell? You know, you know this, this is a very popular site here too. I don't know why. Whatever. All right, so. And it is the 2019. Just making sure. Uh, so once again, he's he's in there with all those. He's definitely top. These both these guys are top ten. Uh, Nola, mm-hmm. I actually probably like more than Severino right now. Mainly because I think uh, I, I know what I'm getting from him. He was a Cy Young candidate last year until probably midway through September, where he's he slid off, and it was obviously going to be Scherzer at the ground, and then it was obviously going to be the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. So listen, I have no problem with the, with Nola. Severino, well, was he tipping his pitches? You know, they, they can't seem to find out for sure. Now you heard Severino come out with the yesterday or the day before saying maybe it was his eating habits and he got tired. I mean, Joe, you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, the velocity readings were the same. His velocity yeah. wasn't down five, six miles an hour, which leads mm-hmm. you to believe that either it was uh he had, you know, issues where putting the ball right down the middle. Where mm-hmm. it, was, it may have been fast, but it was straight. They're going to hit it. Or they didn't know what was coming. You know, there there is a video out there. of Jackie Bradley on uh, the Boston Red Sox telling exactly what was coming. You know, fastball, slider. You know, and he, he picked it. He predicted it right every time. Maybe he mm-hmm. got lucky, or maybe he, they did know what was coming. You know, so it's strange to see what will happen here. He'll have to figure it out. Uh, you would think he's already. He would have already done it, and they would have worked on it. If Severino, he's top ten either way. But mm-hmm. if he's not tipping his pitches, you could certainly make an argument that he's top five at a second round pick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look, we'll continue. This is interesting. I want to continue to talk a little pitching? A uh, couple of teams uh, in labor waited on pitching. We'll take a look what the uh, squad looks like. I want to talk a little bit? Of, uh, we talked Kershaw. What about Walker Buehler? What can we expect from him? Noah Syndergaard went in the third round of labor as well. So when we come back, talk more pitching. Stay with us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.